0: Hello and welcome to episode 112 of Together BHA. My name is Josh. Uh, First of all, I want to say a big thank you to my Patreons, uh, William Montgomery, Chris Barranco, Sarah Ellis, Alex Pressland, Daniel Lawrence, and Nick Murray, Uh, and anybody else who who has been a Patreon in the past as well. Uh, I'm currently recording on a new microphone today, so hopefully the, the quality should be better. Um... And, you know, it was bought by you guys. So I really, 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 really appreciate that. Um, And, you know, love you all. And I will continue to hopefully provide you with content that you love to see. Um, So today we're actually going to be working on our mid-season review. So... The way it's going to work uh, is we're going to go straight into the, the mid-season review. Uh, I expect this episode to be a bit longer than usual. Um, there are no guests this week. Uh, it's going to be just me uh, cracking through the numbers and, and taking a look at the, the players on a player-by-player basis. Um, and then we'll give a quick brief review of the Blackpool game uh, to round us off. And then a look ahead uh, to the to the next couple of games and, and the importance behind those. So let's start from the back uh, and go all the way to the front kind of in order uh, for the most part and let me say as a caveat to that uh, the in-depth looks uh, will only be for players that have made 10 appearances for the team this season right so anyone else uh, I feel should be graded will be um, but they're going to be kind of much less in depth than uh, than the ones we're going to go through initially um, so first Let's take a look at Matty Ryan and Sanchez. Uh, with Matty having gone on loan to Arsenal this week uh, to act as their kind of bench keeper behind Leno, um, do, do we think he's been hard done by? Well, the stats showed that at the time of him being first choice, uh, he was statistically the worst goalkeeper in the league uh, for, de- for defending shots against him. Um, he had a worst XGA uh, out of any of the Premier League keepers, which is shocking. Um, and quite a fall from grace for him too. When you look at the numbers now, side by side with Sanchez, it appears there is a, a pretty serious improvement almost all over the place. Um, so for this one, let's take a quick look. Uh, Matty Ryan made 11 appearances this season. Uh, Sanchez has made eight. Um, I'm omitting Sanchez from the 10 appearances rule because he's our number one now. And it would be insane to just give him a quick, brief look. Uh They both came out of the last uh, 11 and eight appearances each with two clean sheets apiece. Uh, So, of course, Sanchez has a slightly better ratio right now. Um, Sanchez has also made 21 successful saves uh, for only 16 for Ryan. Um, And bear in mind, of course, Ryan has made three more appearances. Uh, So, Sanchez has already been making more saves and better ones at that, uh, with Sanchez having a 68% save success rate. Uh, which is a lot more in line with the majority of the Premier League uh, as opposed to Matty Ryan's 46% save success rate, um, which is shocking, to be honest. Um, I I really don't know what happened uh, to Matty this year, um, but as someone who, who really, really likes Matt Ryan, um, the, the fall from grace is undeniable. Uh, Sanchez is also averaging 2.63 saves per match to Ryan's 1.45 and has conceded nine less goals, uh, albeit in three less games. So as long as we do not concede nine goals in our next three, he's had a better uh, 11 to 11 game. Which is going to be a real test for him uh, because we do have Fulham, Spurs, and Liverpool next. Uh, and Liverpool and Spurs are more than capable of scoring nine on their own, um, just as Southampton. Ryan uh, has recorded eight punches um, from, assuming, you know, set pieces and crosses, with Sanchez having claimed none. Um, that's a real kind of case of that height disparity on display there, isn't it? Uh, with Sanchez being so tall um, and rangy, uh, it seems that he's he's put in a position where he's he's having to do a lot less uh, flapping at the ball, punching at the ball, uh, and you know, it, albeit when it comes to shot stopping, I I, I don't buy into the myth uh, that that the height differential is so important. Um, but I will say that it. It has obviously made a big difference to to the team um, when it comes to to claiming the ball. Um, Sanchez has also had more high claims, uh, so he's he's rose highest to claim the ball seven times uh, to Ryan's six, um, which is something I find interesting, right? Because it it just pens into that last one uh, where it seems that um, players or teams were a lot more comfortable or intent on targeting us uh, in and around Matt Ryan's area. Um, and they have obviously been less so with Sanchez uh, because you've seen a huge drop off. Um, could it be that, that, you know, other managers were thinking that they could expose Matt Ryan. Um, it seems like it could well be because there's been a huge difference, right? Eight punches to nothing. Um, and note two. uh, I've just woke up and I'm I'm drinking a cup of tea and I'm sorry for the the slight drink breaks that I'm going to be having. Um, Otherwise, my voice is going to be shot. Uh, A note too um, about comfort with the ball at their feet that I found interesting. So it's been said by a lot of fans that just yesterday, in fact, I'm pretty sure I saw it, uh, that that Ryan was just as good with the ball at his feet um, in distribution as Sanchez's. Um, And to me... I wonder if that interpretation is due to the, the next and final stat I have here. Matty Ryan has 61 throwouts. So in terms of having the ball in his hands, he's he's distributed the ball from with a throw uh, 61 times. Um, in terms of distribution to, to Sanchez, uh, he is only at 35. So Ryan has made almost double the amount of throws from keeper to player. So, I wonder if the idea of Ryan having a good distribution record, which he does, um, is more a case that he's actually a very good distributor of the ball with his hands, um, as opposed to with his feet, and when you are presented with the ball back, as a pass back, obviously you can't pick it up, unless you're Sanchez and you think you can maybe, uh, against Manchester City, Um, (laughs) then you know it it limits you if if your strength is throwouts uh as opposed to distribution with your feet it's easily exposed uh in a in a style of play that we're trying to play um so when it comes to the the kind of verdict uh, mid-season grade uh, for sanchez um he is getting a b um i'm giving him a straight b uh, he has pre- performed uh, above expectations he has performed uh, you know he's became the number one goalkeeper um, and although he has made a couple of mistakes um, you know that have led to potential goals or goals outright um, he is still super young um, and he is outperforming you know veteran veteran Matt Ryan um, comfortably. Uh, Matt Ryan is not going to get a mid-season grade uh, because he's no longer with us so there's no point um, so just let it be known that uh, if Sanchez is getting a B, uh, and I consider him a lot better than Ryan at this point in time, uh, I would consider Ryan lucky to not have to get graded. Next up, centre-backs. And for this, uh, I will only be... So this one was a tough one, and this is Graham Potter's fault. Uh, and we'll we'll grade Graham Potter at some point today. Uh, because next up, centre-backs. And for this, I'm only going to be focusing on Webster and Dunk. As nobody else has played outright centre-half all season. Dan Byrne has been asked to play left-back or left-wing-back more times than not. Uh, Ben White has played just about everywhere. Uh, Veltman has played more on the right than at centre-half. Um, so today I've really just focused on the two of those uh, for some side-by-side stats. Uh, I think they go together very, very well. And I think they have to be included as a you know a pair when I come to, uh, to reviewing the two. So let's get right down to it. Uh, Dunk uh, and Webster. So first of all, the biggest stat of all, right? Two goals. Dunk has scored two goals to Webster's zero. Uh, But Webster does have one yellow card less than Lewis with three to his four. And Lewis, of course, has that one red card to Webster's zero. What I find interesting uh, when it comes to attacking outlets, uh, both of them are going for goal uh, an awful lot um, when you look at centre-halves throughout the league. With Webster uh, having recorded 18 shots and Lewis uh, 15, uh, with Webster actually having more on target with no goals, um... Webster has a 40% shot accuracy rate to Dunk's 35%. But like I said, those two goals are the big numbers from an offensive point of view, and and Dunk obviously leads the way. Uh, But they're clearly both not shy to have a go. Uh, And when you look at centre-halves around the league, um, it's generally very much in that top bracket uh, in terms of centre-halves and and goal attempts. Um, Quite amazingly, though, and it's easy to forget because I had before looking at the numbers. Uh, Webster has actually hit the woodwork three times this year. And Lewis Dunk has missed a huge three big chances. That is six goals we've left on the table right there. Um, you know, if we, just, if we just improved a little bit, that's two or three goals uh, that we've scored extra. Um, and that could be, you know, two to four points gained, um, which pushes us further away. And when you look at this review as a whole, uh, we're going to see that a lot, this, this review. Um, if people have been just marginally better, uh, honestly, um, you know, I'm not asking for even just improving that rate by 50%. Even if we just improved by you know, 25% uh, and, and instead of missing those six chances with woodworks and big chances missed, uh, if we just scored two of them. Um, and, and likewise, with the rest of the stats I'm going to go through today for the players, you know, we've probably scored 10 more goals this season and a Brighton team that scored 10 more goals this season aren't in the situation they are. Um, it's those fine margins and, you know, it's it's up to Potter, the players and the team, uh, you know, the recruitment staff to, to try and make everything synchronize uh, where if we are going to miss those chances, it doesn't hurt us too much. Um, and, and, you know, get the best out of those players that we have to make sure it happens. So to me, I always associated uh, Lewis Dunk with a better outlet uh, in terms of passing too. But this year, the, the numbers do not fit the feelings. Um, I feel Lewis has actually regressed as a centre-half this year uh, when it comes to the numbers. And it might be due to my eye test uh, when it comes to his excellent forward passing in the past. Uh, it may be uh due to the transition to a back 3. Um but this year Lewis and Adam both have great passing stats. Uh Lewis leads the way on pass accuracy with 89% pass accuracy uh to Adam Webster's 80%. And while that is, you know, obviously a superb number for Lewis, uh this is a case of stats not telling the whole story uh on the on the overarching situation here. So uh, obviously, superb number, excellent. Um, the thing is, is where those passes are going. Uh, Lewis Dunk has made 317 passes forward this year, whereas Adam Webster has made a whopping 498. Um, you know, to me, the difference in in the player uh, going forward is, is insane. Um, Adam Webster has also recorded the most progressive yards uh, when dribbling with the ball as a centre-half for the Albion too. Um, Webster is most certainly uh, becoming the the more offensively influenced uh, player. Um, He just doesn't seem to be able to get the ball in the back of the net in the same way as Lewis has this year. Uh, Finally... On the actual defensive side, uh, you know, their day to day job, um, both seem to offer something very different uh, that kind of makes them a really great pair in the same way Duncan Duffy used to. Uh, Lewis leads um, in blocks with 10 blocks to out Adam Webster's 8 um, and in clearances. Uh, Duncan's made 54 successful clearances to Webster's 42. Uh, but Webster um, is ruling the roost. Uh, With 29 interceptions to 19 uh, and 20 tackles to 15. Um, And then aerially, uh, he has won a smashing 51 aerial battles to Lewis's 31. Clearly, these two complement each other in their styles. I would like to see Lewis passing the ball forward a bit more again uh, in terms of those cutting through balls he used to play, uh, those really great diagonals that he's kind of dropped off on, um, and burying some of those big chances. Likewise, I would also like to see Webster, uh, you know, finally turn that corner and stop hitting the woodwork and start hitting the net. Um, but for me, I feel that. You know, a side-by-side basis, uh, those two things, um, the, the lack of ball progression forward by Lewis, which is definitely a regression, um, and, and a missing of those big chances, um, quite controversially, I'm, I'm probably going to put him behind Webster uh, for me this year. So for me, uh, you know, bearing in mind that we are 17th, 17th, uh, you know, in the table, uh, we are struggling to uh, to keep our heads above the water. Um, and we have conceded a fair amount of goals this season. Um, I'm going to be giving Adam Webster a B minus uh, because I do think he has improved as a footballer in almost every shape and form this year. Um, but, you know, anything more than that would be way overly generous uh, because we, we aren't winning games. On the other hand, uh, Lewis Dunk is getting a C plus. Um, again, uh, C should be considered a a, a bang average verdict um, here, uh, and I think that you know, given the fact that he has scored two goals this season already, which is which is an improvement uh, on last season, and especially under Hughton for a while there, um, I'm I'm gonna have to give him you know, a a C-plus simply because he's contributed with a couple of goals. Um, Other than that, he would probably be a little bit lower. Um, I think that, you know, he needs to do better. Ben White is his own little enigma. Um, He has played 10 games at centre-half and 8 at central defensive midfield. Um, A lot should be said, actually, for Ben's discipline. Um, Because when you compare him to Besuma. Who has played a similar kind of defensive holding role, uh, and Duncan Webster, who he has played alongside uh, ten times this season, um, he has actually only picked up two yellow cards this year. That is less than the other than Bisuma uh, and Dunk and Webster um, as an attacking force. However, um, his numbers are also dramatically different to both Bisuma and his centre half counterparts. Um, significantly less than all three. Um, he has only had three shots on goal this year with none on target. Two were blocked and one was off target. It's it's strange to me that he, he doesn't seem to offer any attacking presence uh, from set pieces either. Uh, but what he does do well, however, is, is recycling the ball well through both central midfielder and centre-back. Uh, with an 81% pass accuracy, uh, he is playing... A more elevated role, uh, you know, in the in the on the pitch, eight games this season, um, and he's came away with a better pass accuracy uh, than than Webster, um, and 328 passes forward, which is more than Lewis Dunk. So, with one through ball to his name and seven crosses, uh, which is more than Dunk, Webster, and Basuma combination, uh, you know, he's he's obviously put himself into a position where he is getting more and more comfortable every game. Um, I have heard Ben referred to uh, as a Rolls-Royce defender. Uh, You know, he he seems to glide seamlessly about the place, doing his job, stylishly, beautifully. Um, And, you know, I honestly have to agree, uh, both on the eye test and the stats. Um, I will be the first to admit I I hated Ben White at Central Defensive Midfielder for probably the first five of those eight games. Um, but something in recent weeks seems to have clicked for him um and the side around him since mm-hmm. Christmas uh I, I thought he had played really well at center half and and it was frustrating to see him moved uh, to central defensive midfielder more often um but you know his his defensive stats are are outstanding um especially when you put the the two yellow cards on the back of that um 11 blocks. 32 interceptions, 31 tackles. Uh, He has made one last-man tackle, uh, 23 clearances, 27 aerial bowels, one. Um, Ben White has been asked to do an awful lot this year. Um, And although his central defensive midfield starts uh, started pretty slow, um, he has ended up slowly growing into the Premier League really well. Uh, And it it almost feels like he is doing... uh, a little bit of the job um, that that we hoped Dale Stevens would continue to be able to do in the Premier League more consistently at central defensive midfield and at centre half. You know he's provided uh, that that comfort on the ball that we've been wanting for a long time. Um, for a player that's never played a moment of Premier League football and has been asked to do three or four different roles this year. Um, He is getting a B as well. Uh, I think Ben White has done very well, given what he's been presented with this year. Uh, No complaints from me. uh, And gets a solid B grade. Next up is his friend in centre midfield, Bissouma. The home of the Thunder Bastard. He scored an absolute rifle yesterday uh, to bag us the first half lead against Blackpool. And has quite the season so far. Uh, 17 appearances so far this season. Um, his numbers are strong uh, as, a, as a center midfielder, central mid-defensive midfielder. Um, it's really his attacking numbers uh, where you are starting to see a slight decline um, from the Besuma years under Houton. Um, Potter needs to continue to work uh, to, you know, round this man out, it feels. Uh, once Potter is as coached Besuma to be able to both provide genuinely dangerous attacking threat consistently uh, and continuing to, you know, work defensively uh, with slightly better discipline in terms of the yellows and reds. Um, and it's not far away, I don't think. Uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to have a legitimately world-class midfielder uh, that can play for, you know, the, the very best sides uh, in the world in the coming years. So... Let's start offensively. Uh, one goal so far this season from 19 shots. Uh, his problem comes due to where he's shooting from. Uh, all 19 of his shots have been outside of the box. Um, and he only has an expected assists of 0.48 for the entire season. So, you know, he his shooting accuracy of 17% must do better. Uh, his creation of big chances must do better. Um offensively he is he has definitely gone backwards uh but once you move past that it's it's where you start to see some really great stuff um 86 percent pass accuracy uh beating ben white as a central defensive midfielder easily beating adam webster comfortably uh with five crosses uh, and 169 passes forward um he has essentially become the enforcer right in the middle of the park that we had with dale stevens in the championship uh dale couldn't quite replicate his player of the season levels uh, in the championship, in the Premier League, as reliably. Um, but he's done a great job, uh, Bissouma has, of, of filling that role uh, and really offering more than one dimension. Uh, 49 tackles, 30, 30 clearances, 15 headed clearances, 15 interceptions, 2 blocks. Um, you know, if, if White is a Rolls-Royce um Basuma is is only a couple of tweaks away from being a formula 1 car. Um again another young player at only 24. Um I suspect he probably will be gone this summer. Um but he has gone from being this this kind of sputtering spark where you you never know what you're going to get with Basuma to this reliable anchor in our midfield that enables everything to run around him, um, as well as providing a dimension just about everywhere. Uh, Besuma gets an A- for me. Um, the only thing dropping him further down, again, as I said, are those attacking numbers. Um, you know, if he had scored a couple more goals and, and maybe created a couple more goals, uh, we would have been talking, you know, A-star levels. Um, but for now, uh, you know, he's he's got... Everything, all the intangibles, as they say, Uh, he's he's just so close to greatness, man. And and you can see it's coming Um, and it's sad that it's probably not going to flourish with us. It's probably going to end up being with, you know, a Manchester City or a Liverpool or a Real Madrid or someone like that. My next two uh, are another combination like Burnham Webster. Byrne and Webster, uh, Webster and Dunk. Uh, these two are Veltman and Burn. two players that may, that have made over 10 appearances this season, um, but neither really considered first 11 options, right? They're, they're both considered kind of backups to players that are injured uh, or need in rotation. Um, so I'm going to be putting Veltman and Byrne together here and doing a side by side. Both have played centre half and fullback this season primarily. Um, both have mostly played, you know, centre half as a back three, um, and when they are asked to play wide, um, they've generally been asked to play more of that forward-thinking wingback role. Uh, so their their stats should be comparable, um, and we'll quickly see that some are and some aren't. Um, So Byrne has made 12 appearances this season, Veltman 14, Uh, Byrne with three yellows to Veltman's two uh, and two very different attacking outlets uh, from that fullback wingback role. Um, Byrne seemingly uh, is not shy of going for goal a lot more, uh, while Joel Veltman um, is more of a man who wants to play the creator uh, when playing fullback and wingback. So Burn has recorded seven shots this season. Uh, Veltman has recorded a paltry one. Uh, unfortunately, of those seven per seven shots Dan Burn has taken, none of them have been on target. Um, and when it comes to team play, however, uh, Veltman is ahead of Burn in most areas. Um, Veltman has played 100 more passes uh, than Burn. Um, both of them are coming out of this with a 79% pass accuracy. Uh, so Veltman has played 100 more passes and, and is just as accurate as Dan Byrne. Uh, Veltman has also played 269 forward to Byrne's 171. Uh, so, you know, pretty much all of those 100 passes, he's played more. He's played them forward. Uh, and when it comes to uh, the the crosses, um, it's it's pretty nuts as well. Um, he has put in a whopping 31 crosses uh, this season as opposed to Dan Byrne's 16. Um, I know he's played you know two more games but but that is insane uh, that we've seen at such a differential. Um, and it shows in XA uh, which is expected assists as burn has 0.13 to Veltman's 0.30 uh neither good. Um, but obviously, one is, is slightly more proficient with his crosses into the box, um, and the fact that he has put in so many more um, obviously helps as well. Uh, Veltman also does a stellar job defensively um, compared to Burn, who was who is also played centre half. You know, just like uh, Veltman, both of them have played centre half a handful of times this season. Uh, frankly, um, I you know I expected this to uh, to be a little bit better. Um, but obviously not. Um, Burn had two blocks. Uh, Veltman had four. Uh, Veltman had fifteen interceptions to Burns' fourteen. Uh, Veltman had thirty-five tackles to Burns' fourteen tackles, um, and Veltman had thirty-one clearances to Burns' twenty-seven. Uh, Byrne does lead the way in aerial battles. He better, right? <laughs> 36 to 27. Um, and unfortunately, uh, has has both scored an own goal and conceded a penalty. Um, he's also, uh, you know, on the eye test, uh, being responsible for a few different goals uh, by playing players onside um, and being the only player to do so. Uh, so my verdict this year, uh, so far in this midseason review, uh, Dan Byrne comes away with a D um for Dan uh, because he is he has not been good enough this year um, he has regressed pretty heavily in a lot of areas um and his errors have, have pretty much cost us four or five goals alone um and and it's not good enough. Uh, you know he's he's been responsible for an own goal. Um, he's conceded a penalty that was scored um, and then has been the man playing players on side two to three times, uh, which has resulted in you know five goals against. Which is a pretty damning statistic, really, isn't it? Um, Veltman gets a B. Uh, I don't think anybody expected Joel Veltman to be as instrumental in this team as he has been. Uh, that is a, a shame, uh, simply because that means it's at the expense of Tarek Lamptey, who is never fit. Um, but for £900,000, uh, this man who was really not particularly liked at the end of his Ajax career, um, has become a very, very good Premier League centre-half and right-back. He is not a superb wing-back, but he is also putting up respectable numbers uh, for a wing-back. And and that's very important that we can at least, you know, get something from that side uh, if we continue to play without Lamptey. So Veltman gets a B uh, and Dan Danburn gets a D. Solly March next up on the list So Solly March, uh, a player who, watching him, right, again, the eye test, uh, seems to have came on in leaps and bounds this season. Um, I don't really have anybody to compare him to either, uh, simply because Byrne and Veltman um, I wouldn't feel was very fair uh, because he's never played centre-half, and Lamptey hasn't really played enough to warrant uh, a a fair comparison. Um, So he will be his own thing, Tarek Lamptey, uh, as will Solly right here. So Solly has played 18 games this season, 16 of them at left wing back. Uh, He has two goals from 17 shots with an accuracy of 36%. He also has had one big chance missed, one woodwork hit, and has scored uh, his one other big chance um, against Manchester United. Uh, He plays one third of his passes forward. Um, which is pretty pretty impressive uh, for a left wing back um, with a pass accuracy of 76%. Um, that is not as good as anyone else we've covered so far. Um, he uh, he obviously needs to either A, improve, uh, or B, maybe become slightly less direct um, and has crossed an insane 102 balls into the box. Uh, that is miles ahead of anybody else in this team. Uh and for that, I feel you can really see the correlation, right, where it comes from pass accuracy. Uh, and, and when you're putting in 102 crosses of the ball, um, you can probably expect to see that pass accuracy dip. Uh, he also has a 1.36 expected assist and 1 assist. Uh, so he's pretty much playing at expectation as a creative force. Um, obviously, he needs to work on his pass accuracy with crossing. Uh, he does need to get better uh, at delivering that final ball in the box. And I think that's something that we have discussed for the last six years with Solly March. So that shouldn't be a surprise. Um, but I, I do think he has got better. Um, defensively, he has been excellent too, playing a left wing back role. Uh, Four blocks, 18 interceptions, 41 tackles and 17 clearances Um, for a lad that that isn't known for his for his height and stature. He has won 12 aerial battles as well um, and generally been very solid at the back. Uh, He did concede one penalty, which is obviously a blemish on his good season so far. Um, But overall, uh, I think the growth uh, of Solly March this year has been one of our greatest success stories. Um, for that reason, he gets an A, um, and spoiler alert, is my player of the midseason. Um, I think he even goes ahead of Basuma uh, in terms of how good I think Soli March has been for this team this year, um, and I think he's been insanely important uh, when it comes to that progression. Next up, Neil Mopai. <laughs> the Marmite man. Seems like some fans love him. Uh, some fans love him maybe too much. Uh, thinking of Chloe that I had on the show last week. Um, and some fans hate him these days. Uh, they would rather not see him play for the Albion. Uh, so let's let's see. Let's take a look at the numbers behind the man, right? 17 appearances, 7 goals, 1 assist. Uh, he does have an XG, so an expected goals of 0.06. Um, so he is currently underperforming and should have scored more. Uh, the main point on that is him missing penalties. Um, if he scored penalties more often, uh, we would be in a better spot, um, and so would he uh, in terms of reaching that kind of you know expectation. The thing is, is <laughs> he has had thirty nine shots with a sixty eight percent on target rate. That's very solid for any Premier League striker. He has, however, missed six big chances. The reality is that Neil said he wanted to score 25-odd goals this season, if not more. He said that in an interview prior to this season starting. If he was more clinical, looking at both XG, the expected goals, the penalties missed, and the big chances missed together, he could quite conceivably be on 12-15 to goals already, as opposed to the seven he's currently on. That comes down to Neil and Neil alone. Nobody else. He must improve if he is to be the main man up top. He already is the main man because we have no alternative. The fact of the matter is, if he doesn't want us to look for an alternative, he's got to convert these big chances into goals. Because until he does, we're always going to be looking at what ifs. And the reality is that what if. This year could be looking up from the second division. As a team player, um, you know, he's not standing out as, as good or bad. Um, 80% pass accuracy, four crosses, uh, 1.10 expected assist and has one assist. So that makes sense. Um, and has done a good job of defending from the front, actually, uh, especially compared to his counterpart uh, in Welbeck. Um, who, has, who has not done a very good job at all defending from the front. Uh, Neil has four tackle, uh, four interceptions, six tackles, two clearances, seven aerial battles won, uh, which is pretty good for, for a lad his size. Um, and this is the big one for me. For a man who is labelled uh, by commentary teams uh, pretty, pretty regularly and by fans every weekend, both home fans and away fans, as a hothead or a wind-up merchant, He has had zero bookings this year. He hasn't had a single booking this season. So what is it? Is he, you know, if he is a wind-up merchant, which he is, he's obviously doing a bloody good job uh, at flying just below the radar. uh, Because he has had zero bookings this year. Just 24. Lots of room to grow, of course. Um, But, you know, at this stage, um, you know, he (laughs) he has a lot of work to do. Uh, in his you know in his game um but let's not pretend he isn't doing it uh, I think he's doing a great job uh he's 24 lots of room to grow um at this point it feels like that growth is the difference from uh, an okay lower Premier League striker that he currently is um to a good one uh, and by good one I mean a Callum Wilson a Danny ings uh a chris Wood um he, he should have scored more. And, and frankly, I hope he will turn a corner soon. Um, for me, um, I'm going to give uh, Neil Mopai a B minus. Uh, he gets above a C because he's our top scorer by a million miles. And the fact of the matter is, without his goals, we're in a Sheffield United situation. He doesn't get any more than a B minus uh, simply because he's not scoring enough. Um, he should have scored a lot more. And to me, that's a that's a big problem um, and something that he really needs to work on uh, as the you know as the time goes by. Moving on to some more attacking players as well, uh, we have a couple more to go here. Uh, Leandro Trossard, <laughs> same as Neil Mopai, a uh, bit of a marmite player. Um, he seems to have taken the summer to bulk up to Premier League strength levels. Um, it seems that he has gotten a bit bigger. Uh, but seems to have lost a yard of pace due to it. Um, it feels like he is the most hot and cold player there is these days for the Albion. Uh, one goal in 16 games with a 0.5. naught. That's all lies. What? Well, I'm just reading this so wrong. He has one goal in 16 games with a 1.95 xG. So he should be doing better than what he is uh, in terms of expected goals Um, with 27 shots, 7 on target uh, and a 31% shooting accuracy. And he is also the proud owner of a record breaking already at 19 games of the season. He has already broke the record uh, for five woodwork hits this season. If he hits the woodwork any other time this season, he's just breaking his own record that's currently in standing. Um, he has hit the woodwork five times this season and also missed two big chances. Um, the reality is is that we need goals from our front men, um, and Trossard should have about five goals this season, and the reality is he has one. Those four goals, as I've said before when I've talked about Duncan Webster, and when I've talked about Mopai, those four goals could have earned us six more points and put us well out of the mix. He has played a very good role creatively uh, leading the way by miles with an expected assist of 3.33 and recording three assists uh, along with creating two big chances um, and roughly playing about two key passes leading to shots per 90 minutes. Only Pascal gross uh, and Ali razor have better weird and um, we're going to look at Mister Anomaly Normally Ali Reza, a little bit later on. Uh, he's also made fifty-one crosses and a pass accuracy of seventy-six percent, same as Solimarch, uh, who's also asked to put in a lot of crosses. Uh, defensively, though, um, is something where I felt that Leandro was greatly lacking uh, last year, um, but he's actually done a solid job. Um, he's, you know, he's actually outperformed Mopai for example, on almost everything, uh, with one block, seven interceptions, 11 tackles, and only one yellow card. Um, Trossard has grown defensively already, um, and he's already having more of an impact this year than last, to be honest. Um, but his attacking outlet has has not improved this year. Um, on paper, he should have contributed more to the goal tally uh, and has not yet done so. Um, there's a lot of work done there's a lot of work to be done for Leandro, uh, who shows sparks, but no real product yet. Um, similar to Bissuma, uh under Hutton, um, You can see he has class, but there's just no consistency or, or end product there. Leandro is at that stage, um, and he's really on the cusp of becoming a very good, creative, you know, dangerous threat. Uh, for now, uh, Leandro Trossard is getting a C minus. Um, because he's simply not performing enough uh, in in any aspect of his of his offensive outlet, which he is you know primarily paid to do, um, and and he must do better. Next up, we're on our final two of our big in-depth players, and then we've got a whole list of uh, also rans uh, which will be really quick, um, and then we've got a couple of others. So Adam Lalana Huh. one of three new sign-ins in the summer um, and one half of the disappointing signings. Adam, Adam Lallana has only played 45% of Brighton's Premier League minutes so far. Um, and honestly, I am of the opinion uh, that it has actually messed with our rhythm uh, more than improve it. If Adam can stay fit, he provides a genuine piece of quality. But as of right now, he is not doing anywhere near enough. Uh, Ten appearances so far this season, four of them from the bench and only six starts. He's never been a goal scorer. He isn't a goal scorer. Seven shots are not on target, uh, comparable to Dan Byrne in that respect. Um, But he is, you know, a deadly creator when fit. With only six starts under his belt, he has three big chances created, which is more than Trossard. Uh, one assist, which is the same as Trossard, uh, with an expected assist of one point four eight. Um, he's contributed defensively as well: eight interceptions, six tackles, nine clearances, uh, and again comes out with zero bookings. When Adam is fit and and well, we look better for it. You know, out of our our three wins this season, we've we've won three games this season in the Premier League. Adam played 77 minutes in one of them. Uh, he played a full 45 minutes in another, um, contributing personally to the win both times with the assist uh, and the big chances created. Um, you know, the, the problem is with, with Adam is that he's only able to play 45% of our Premier League minutes so far. Um, I feel he's hurt us more than healed us. Uh, and and the gamble of bringing in a player like Lalana. Making him one of our highest paid players, being on the hook for three years with the potential of two of them being in the second tier and paying as much as we are going to have to pay Um, for a player that has no resale value. um, You know, if we're going to pay Lamptey or Dunk a lot of money, um, we can sell them next year if we get relegated, you know, and make that money back. With Adam, we don't have that option. We are we are in a very dangerous spot financially. Uh, we've gambled on him, and, and currently that gamble so far uh, seems to have been a pretty major failure, uh, in my opinion. Um, taking all of that into account, uh, Adam Lalana gets a D as well. Um, not fit enough, uh, not influential enough uh, to, to warrant anything more, um, especially when you take into account money spent weekly on this man. Uh, He has, you know, failed to live up to the billing at all. Talking of uh, staying fit, next up, uh, Tarek Lamptey. Um, I'm pretty sure it's fair to say he is our talisman player Um, and and the player we hoped would carry us through the season on his young shoulders. Uh, Unfortunately, he simply hasn't played enough either. Um, With only 11 appearances this season um, and a little over 50% 50 of our Premier League minutes recorded for him. Um, if we were to go down this year, uh, I, I feel like we would end up looking back at Tarek Lamptey and thinking of what could have been. Uh, one goal, one assist, um, and an attacking monster on the right. Um, he looks like a shot in the arm every time he plays. It looks like we have been juiced up. Uh, every time he plays a full game of football, uh, he terrorizes attackers. He terrorizes defenders. Um, he has a sixty percent, sixty six percent shot accuracy rate. He has won two penalties for us this season. Uh, he's had one big chance missed, one assist, two big chances created, uh, a seventy eight percent pass accuracy rate, which is better than March or Veltman on that wing back role. Uh, Lampy is a machine. Um, he currently has just a one assist, uh, but you know. He's obviously winning penalties. Um, and if we were scoring those penalties, he would be leading the way with assists this season already. Um, and, you know, if strikers were able to score chances that he's creating, um, he probably has four or five assists already this season, uh, which comes to almost an assist every other game, which is mental. Um, he's also a monster at the back. Uh, One block, 19 interceptions, 17 tackles, 9 clearances, and even 5 aerials won, uh, which is ridiculous. Um, And for all of that work he does, uh, he's only received two bookings all season, and they came in the same game, uh, resulting in those two yellows and a red card. The problem is his staying fit. Uh, You know, if Tariq Lamptey was a 30-game regular in this side this season, uh, I think... He is that good. He alone would guarantee survival. Um, The issue is that he isn't. He isn't fit enough often enough. Um, And at such a young age, I I feel that that's a big concern um, for the team. You know, is similar to Kazenga Lawalawa 10 years ago, uh, is his explosiveness, uh, is he basically a glass cannon um, is the question. Uh, where he is so explosive but so fragile. Um, to show you his significance when Lampty plays uh, we take something from the majority of our games. Uh, he has made 11 appearances this season all of them starts and we've only lost four times uh, when he plays those 11 games. Those four defeats uh, came to Everton when they were at their peak of form. Spurs Manchester United, which was controversial in and of itself, and Southampton. Um, you know, he is he is so important to this team and we currently aren't getting enough from him. Uh, Lamptey gets a C. It hurts saying it, and it's controversial and people will probably be upset. Uh but if you can't stay fit to help us out more often than he is, you don't get a higher rating than that, unfortunately. Um We need you to be fit this second half of the season um, and, you know, help us stay up. uh, Because until you do, that's the way it is. Um, In terms of the also rounds, uh, we have a couple of also rounds here. Danny Welbeck. uh, Danny Welbeck gets a C-. minus. He has only played 46% of our Premier League minutes so far this season since we signed him. Uh, He has met his XG of two goals, uh, but he isn't playing enough. Uh, he's only play, made seven starts this season. Um, you know, if you're coming in to be a, a striker, uh, not only a striker, but, you know, an ex-England international uh, higher reputation striker, uh, you have also been a failure uh, in our recruitment. Um, not what we need. Uh, we do not need another player to to take up time on the injury uh, list. Um, unfortunately, that's, that's where he's spent the majority of his time here. Pascal Gross C plus. Uh, Graham Potter cannot seem to decide where to play him. Um, he can be very hot and cold due to it. Two goals and two assists though this season cannot be understated, uh, especially when compared to someone in a comparable position like Lalana. Uh, Gross is outperforming in in almost every you know creative category. Um, I think he's done very well indeed. Uh, gets a C plus. Um, Aaron Connolly gets a C straight C uh, still hasn't broke out still can't stay fit uh, two goals and assist, uh like gross cannot be understated but he has missed several big chances this season um, he's averaging a 0.43 xG this season uh, meaning he should be uh, on average scoring once every three games to be kind to him uh, but the reality is it's two goals in 11 for Aaron Uh, You know, that is not the one in three ratio we need. Alexis McAllister uh, gets a C simply because he's just coming out. Uh, He just seems to be breaking out right about now. Um, And for that reason alone, uh, he definitely doesn't deserve anything less. But he also hasn't earned anything more. So Alexis uh, pops in with the bang average C. Uh, Steven Alzate comes away with an E. Uh, when he has played, he's been ineffectual or rather poor for the most part. Uh, there's been a couple of games where he's been good, uh, but for the most part, he's he's not, you know, either a played enough or b influenced enough. Uh, and then, of course, he's been very ill uh, since Christmas. Also, um, whether that's COVID nineteen or whether that's just something else, uh, he he is really. He has been one of those biggest disappointments this year for me. I thought he was going to break out pretty spectacularly, and has not. Ali Yahambaksh is my last man on this list. Uh, Ali Reza normally gets an F. What is going on? He seems totally off it when he plays, for the most part, um, especially when he starts. He hasn't settled. He probably will never settle at this point. Um, but when he comes on as a sub, he seems to carve out chances left and right in this team. Only only Leandro Trossard has a better expected assists than AJ. And he has an XG of 1.25 and has no goals. He seems to be an insanely effective attacking substitute, but just can't seem to break out at all. He He is just... The biggest disappointment and frustration that I think there ever is, like it drives me insane watching him. Um, And for that reason, he gets an F because I think he needs to leave the club as soon as possible um, because I think that he's not doing anybody any favours by staying. Last two grades uh, go to Graham Potter uh, and the recruitment team this season. Graham Potter gets a B. Again, going to be controversial uh, because there may be a lot of people who want Potter out listening to the show. Um, My reasoning for for Graham Potter getting a B is the following. Uh, Working with what he has, um, it's admirable so far, in my opinion. Uh, We show excellent spirit um, to come back from losing spots consistently, Uh, but then we also cannot hold on to a lead, Uh, hence our large amount of draws. Um, We either seem to get back in games or lose them. Uh, from being ahead. Our set pieces are a disaster, um, but our chance creation is, you know, top 10 worthy, if not higher. Um, with the injuries and rotation needed uh, and the lack of money spent this summer um, and the money that has been spent effectively being wasted for the most part, uh, I think Potter has worked with this squad as well as he could um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, I, I believe this squad on paper is a bottom six Premier League squad. Um, unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Uh, we lack class in certain areas uh, that we need to continue to grow. Um, and with with Potter's nurturing, um, hopefully we can continue to evolve somewhat. Um, but I, I do think he needs some kind of investment. Um, I'm going to give him a B due to that. Uh, you know, if... If he had performed better in terms of set pieces uh, or showing that grit necessary to hold on to a lead, um, you know, we would have been mid-table by now uh, and Potter would have been working with what I believe is a bottom six squad and overperforming pretty heavily. Uh, As of right now, um, he gets a B uh, because for me, I I think a lot of it comes down to the individual player errors, uh, you know, just as much as it comes down to the set pieces. The last one on the list is is recruitment team. Uh, They get an E. Uh, Bad transfers uh, and they haven't done enough. Um, And by recruitment team, I'm talking from the top down. Tony Bloom, Paul Barber, uh, Win Stanley, um, whoever else is on that recruitment team directly. Uh, the The transfers this season have been have been piss poor. Um, Danny Welbeck and Adam Lallana uh, both have not even been able to manage 50% of Premier League minutes so far this season. Um, Both underperformed because they simply haven't been able to be effective. Uh, That's basic due diligence to work on players that can stay fit. Uh, And every fan under the sun knew both of those were big question marks. So to pay Lallana the money we have when we knew that he was always going to be a risk that way is just Bizarre, bonkers, nuts. Our best signing this season has been Joel Veltman, uh, a player that was, you know, an absolute wonderful signing um, and the only reason that they don't get an F. Uh, Every other signing we've made this season uh, hasn't had any kind of look into the first team because we've been sending them out on loan and kind of shipping them off somewhere else. Uh, Hopefully... By the end of the season, uh, this recruitment team can come away with with a much higher scoreline than an E uh, because we now have um, Moda and and Karbawnik in the squad, um, you know, and Percy Tao. uh, And, and, you know, this next six months, um, maybe we will see some of our investment actually come to fruition. Um, So for now, they get an E. There's no reason to assume that they can't improve if those players we've finally got in uh, recalled from various loans uh, perform as well as they can do. So that covers my mid-season review. Um, There's a lot to go through there. I hope I haven't bored you too much. Uh, I know some of you are not huge stat fans. um, So I apologize if it's just about sent you to sleep. Um, Hopefully those of you who do like that sort of stuff got a lot out of it um, and kind of either reinforced your opinions or, or made you look back and, and think maybe less less kindly or less harshly on some of the players that you've seen this season let's round off with the Blackpool game uh, so we won job done 2-1 uh, you know it was one of those games that wasn't pretty uh, but there was some really important moments in there uh, the first of which is some real game time uh, for Percy Tau again, uh, Steven Alzate again, which is massive uh, and Andy Zakiri again, getting some proper game time as well. Uh, we started out with, you know, that kind of three at the back ish formation. Uh, Alzate, Feltman, uh Bissouma and proper in that kind of midfieldy area. Uh, and, and then Alice McAllister, Tau and Zakiri uh, up front. And, you know that first half uh, or rather the entire game really we we set our stall out and we were pretty dangerous um 65% possession for the game um and and to me this is the nuts stat we had a 21 total shots uh, to their five um which is absolutely nuts um we also had you know an absolute insane amount uh, of opportunities to score goals yesterday. We had an 88% pass accuracy rate. Uh, we won the day on just about every stat. Uh, 10, 10 successful dribbles to their five. Uh, Joel Veltman being three of those ten. Um, 12 tackles, successful tackles to their 10. Joel Veltman again, five of those 12 tackles being the man. Uh, six corners. Uh, to add to their one um, and they were dispossessed four times uh, and we had a big fat zero um, you know the the performance we put on yesterday uh, was very good uh, it wasn't pretty but it was very good um, and I think that we did a good job of 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 wearing them out uh, it looked like the game plan was really to tire them out Um, and and get the job done late on in the game. Uh, And funnily enough, uh, the chances came and the plan worked. Uh, We just couldn't get the job done in terms of winning by five or six, which that last 15 minutes presented those chances. And when you look at Manchester City, for example, uh, as they wore down Cheltenham, they took those chances uh, and the Albion did not, which again is a tale of our season uh, as per usual, it feels. You know, we recorded a two point five zero XG for the for the for the Blackpool game, and I, I think that we should have done a lot better uh, than the two goals that we scored. Um but it is what it is. Uh and then of course, uh, you know, the goal from Basuma was just outrageous. Um an absolute monster uh of a strike that was very, very impressive. And Basuma is, you know, I, I'm surprised he got a full 90 minutes yesterday. I thought he would have played uh, a little bit less than that. Um, but the the goal he scored was outrageous. Um, and Alzate uh, with the goal in the second half was pretty funny. Um, he didn't know anything about that. Uh, with Alexis McAllister uh, taking the shot. And it bouncing off of, of Alzate and bouncing in. The goal from Gary Medin uh, was incredibly poor defending by Lewis Dunk. Uh, he allowed... Gary Medine, a journeyman League 1 defender to cruise past him uh, and score a goal which is really poor um, but luckily we came out that second half and, and we shut that shit down pretty swiftly um, and you know went ahead and, and got that shit together and, and got the win um, I feel that you know I think that if we would have played a little bit more uh, open um, I think you may have seen a lot more goals go in Uh, I was trying to find the right word there, but evidently, um, you know, Potter went out there with a game plan and the game plan was to rely on our quality to to outpossess them and outplay them. Um, and then as the time wore on, uh, make some key substitutions towards the end, uh, bring on some very experienced heads uh, in Mopai and in Solimarch and in Trossard and Pascal Gross uh, and an attempt to win the game late, a worst case scenario um, on, a, on a pitch that we can play actual football on. Um, and although we had already relied on our quality to go two one up, uh, you know, we, we really could have won by four or five. Uh, it was that good at the end. My man of the match uh, actually goes to Joel Veltman. Uh, despite the goal uh, from McAllister, despite the the play from Alzate, despite the the, the thunder strike from Persuma, um I thought Veltman was was absolutely superb. Uh, tw- two key passes today, three successful dribbles, which is higher than anybody else in the team. Uh, two key passes. Uh, other than Trossard and McAllister, you know, had the the top there as well. Uh, five total tackles, more than anybody else in the team by a million miles. Three successful interceptions, top of the team as well. Uh, recorded one clearance, only Adam Webster had better. Uh, recorded a blocked shot, only Dan Byrne had better. Uh, and recorded only the one foul, uh, which was a better better ratio than, than Dan Byrne, Alzate, Bissouma, uh, and Lewis Dunk as well. Um, I thought he was bloody brilliant yesterday. Um, and, you know, absolutely just as good you know Bissouma I thought it was excellent five shots one on target two key passes won the ball just about everywhere um, you know he, he was a great distributor two tackles three interceptions and a clearance um, I thought that, that Bissouma had a great game uh, I just I just wish he wouldn't have played the full 90 I just feel like he should have had a bit of a rest at the end there so he was ready for, for Fulham midweek um, and Fulham midweek is the big one right uh, I think that if Fulham can beat us on Wednesday, um, we're in deep shit. Deep, deep poop. Um, I think we're dragged well into the relegation battle, um, and I think we will be in and around that final relegation spot for the rest of the season. I think if we can beat Fulham, it's such a big boost to us. Uh, I think that, you know, we would go, what, 11 points or 10 points clear of them at that point, but... Uh, That's a lie. We would go 8 points clear because we would go on to 20 points and they would have 12. They would have a game in hand, um, but, you know, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, We would go 8 points clear uh, and we would also go theoretically above Newcastle and Burnley um, into 15th place. Yes, we have Spurs and Liverpool next, uh, but Liverpool are not on the best run of form. Um, They are very much human. Uh, And we we gave Spurs a very good game uh, in previous, you know, the last time we played them, we lost 2-1 to a pretty late goal. uh, And we've already taken a point at home to Liverpool this season as well. Uh, If we can, you know, these next four, in fact, because then we have Burnley away next. uh, It's just so important. Uh, You know, if we can get six points from Fulham and Burnley, I think that we're out of the relegation fight. I really do. Um, And, you know, although I know Fulham are improving, uh, we are at home. We need to shake this bad home record. Um, we we simply need to get a result. Um, I think there's no other alternative. Uh, we simply have to win this season. Um, Fulham are scoring an average of a goal a game away from home currently. Uh, Their away from home form is not the best in the world. Um, you know, they are third from bottom uh, with... Eight games played away from home, one win, three draws and four defeats uh, with a minus four goal difference. Um, You know, compare that to us uh, away from home. We have 12 points away from home. So we are a lot more prolific than them away from home. Um, of course, the problem comes when you look at our home record, uh, where we are yet to win this season: uh, zero wins, five draws, four defeats, and a minus five goal difference. Uh, our last defeat at home going to Arsenal one 0 uh, and then Southampton two one. We've got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, we're not out of the not out of the mire. We we need to do a lot of work, uh, and these next couple of games are going to be instrumental um, in that. Uh, because you know we're now past the mid-season mark and time is running out uh so again thank you to my patreons for 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 donating uh and, and enabling this little equipment upgrade to be a thing uh thank you to everybody else that listens to the show um and i will see you all midweek uh, for a review of the fallen game and hopefully three more points be safe